0: Before we get into the message this morning, I want to mention uh, a couple of books and a booklet. The booklet I uh, have utilized uh, extensively in uh, uh, putting this message together. So let me mention the booklet first. It's a booklet by John Murray not the John Murray who used to be at Westminster Theological Seminary, but John J. Murray who uh, uh, is a pastor in uh, Scotland and uh, he has uh, written a booklet on Providence, John J. Murray. I'm going to be mentioning Thomas Boston. Thomas Boston was also a Scottish pastor And uh, he was a Scottish pastor who uh, underwent, uh, in God's plan, uh, much challenge, much suffering. And uh, he wrote, uh, well, I was gonna say he wrote the book, The Crook and the Lot. This was actually published after he died. And uh, some of uh, those who profited greatly from him put together some of his messages, some of his sermons and uh, they entitled it The Crook in the Lot. And then the last uh, book I'd like to mention, and again, I'll be mentioning this uh, book and this person in the message. And uh, the last book I'd like to mention is The Mystery of Providence by John Flavel, The Mystery of Providence. And he tells us, and hopefully this will be one of our responses, that in reference to God's providences in our lives, particularly God's dark providences, we are to meditate upon what God is doing in reference to those difficulties that he brings our way. Three, uh, two books and a booklet, but once again, John Murray especially, uh, giving me a great deal of help for our message. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you so much that uh, you are a father. You are a heavenly father to uh, your children. Uh, We thank you that you are the greatest father that anyone could ever have. Thank you so much for bringing us to yourself through the Lord Jesus, so that we are part of your family and that you are our heavenly Father. And we pray that you now will uh, be pleased to to love us and to work good in our lives through this message. And we also pray that uh, you would be pleased to bring others to yourself, that you would be pleased uh, to bring others to uh, your your family uh, during this time of worship today. Uh, Heavenly Father, come upon us, we pray, in great mercy and in grace, and uh, may the bottom line be for all of this, that you are greatly glorified, great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. We pray in uh, the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. William Cooper was a person who knew melancholy. In other words, he was a person who was familiar with gloominess and uh, depression. Uh, He was a Christian, uh, he was a hymn writer, and he, John Murray writes, knew more about the darker side of Christian experience than the brighter. In one of his hymns, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He has these words. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. What is a frowning providence? Or as I have said earlier, what what is a dark providence? Have you ever heard either one of those expressions before today? Again, what, what is a frowning providence? Is this something Christians will experience? If so, how are we then to cope with it? This morning, we will cover five points concerning a dark or a frowning providence. And the first point is this, what do we mean by providence? Forget for a few minutes frowning providence, just what is providence? The word providence which is not used much today, comes from the Latin video to see and pro before, thus meaning to see beforehand. But now listen, God sees everything beforehand because he has planned everything beforehand. God knows what is going to happen in advance because he has purposed it all. God is sovereign and he purposes and everything comes to pass as he has purposed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 talks about, quote, the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Notice, God has a plan for everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Listen also to what God says in Isaiah 46, verses 10 and 11. My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Let me make sure we're understanding the definition of providence. Providence is God bringing everything to pass, all the events and happenings in heaven and on earth that he has wisely, freely, and unchangeably ordained. In reference to you and me, that means God carries out every detail in our lives from the smallest to the greatest according to his plan for us. There is no such thing as luck. There is no such thing as bad luck. As Job said, in the midst of his sufferings, Chapter 23, verse 16. He performs the thing that is appointed for me. Thomas Boston, I mentioned him earlier. Thomas Boston gives us these words. God has appointed the whole of everyone's lot, the crooked parts thereof, as well as the straight. Here is a person who is healthy. That is God's providence. Here is a person who is struggling with sickness. That is God's providence. Here is a person who is employed. Here is a person who is presently unemployed. God's providence. Here is a person who is 90 years old. Here is one who will die at the age of six. God's providence. God performs the things that he has appointed. Point two now is this for our consideration today, know that there are two kinds. Of providence. We will be brief here. The two kinds of providence are these. There are smiling providences and there are what appear to be frowning providences. There are workings of God that are favorable that are pleasant providences, and there are workings of God that appear to be dark, unpleasant providences. Refreshing rain, a smiling providence, a drought, a frowning providence, a car accident, A house destroyed by fire, a sudden financial setback, frowning, providences. A promotion at work, a baby added to the home, a healing from sickness, smiling, providences. Once more, there are dark providences and there are bright providences. One may experience a crook in the lot adversity and one may experience a straight smooth path pleasantness which leads us now to point 3 will christians ever experience a frowning providence are there dark providences in store for the believer? Answer, yes. The Bible leaves us in no doubt that adversity is a normal part of the Christian life. The Bible is clear. Suffering will be experienced. Difficulties will be experienced by the true Christian. Listen to these words of John J. Murray. The Christian, although he is justified, remains a sinner in the midst of a fallen world. He is subject to all the ills that flesh is heir to. Some of the consequences of his past sins will affect his life. He is subject to the discipline of his heavenly father. Satan concentrates his attack on him. The world is hostile to him his sufferings are compounded because he is a Christian. In the world, our Lord warned his disciples, you will have tribulation. The Bible leaves us in no doubt that adversity is a normal part of the true Christian life. John Murray again. Sadly, Such teaching seems far removed from the outlook that prevails in large parts of the church today. The impression is given that the purpose of the Christian life is enjoyment, and everything that stands in the way of enjoyment is to be eliminated. People are looking for a problem-free Christianity. The health, wealth, and success gospel is having a field day. Purveyors of such a gospel look the part. Unfortunately, the hollowness of such views becomes apparent when suffering, sorrow, or disappointment comes. Then it becomes clear That we need a faith that is grounded in God's Word. Thomas Boston lived in the late 1600s and the early 1700s, and he was a godly minister in Scotland. And he was a man who had an abundant share of sorrows. He suffered from poor health. His children experienced sickness. In fact, six out of 10 of them died as young children. His wife suffered from bad health, and she became challenged with mental illness. He had to deal with difficult parishioners, He engaged in ecclesiastical wrangles. He labored in relative obscurity. I I still remember uh, a fellow minister saying that he went to Scotland and he wanted to see the the place where Thomas Boston ministered. And uh, he was told to go on this road and keep going on this road no matter what the road would turn out to look like, just keep going on this road and at the end of the road, then you get out and you go over to where he ministered. He labored in relative obscurity. He wrote the book, The Crook in the Lot, which deals with the afflictions of believers. The Bible leaves us in no doubt that adversity is a normal part of the Christian life. However, the believer is to be comforted for all of God's sufferings come to the believer from God's character of love and goodness for us. William Cooper was right on when he said, Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. Point four What are some of God's designs in his dark providences? If we would reflect on what God is doing. And that's once again what John Flavel tells us that we should do. He says in his book, he insists from the outset that it is the duty of believers to observe all the performances of God's providence for them, especially when they are in difficulties. And one of his chapters is entitled, The Duty of Meditation on Providence. Another one, How to Meditate on the Providence of God, etc. If we would reflect on what God is doing, what would we see as to his purposes, as to his good purposes in reference to his children? Let me mention several. A, dark providences are to try our faith. In other words, they are to show us what we are really like as far as our faith in Christ goes. They are to show us our true colors. It's one thing to say, I believe. It's another thing to go through a dark time and show and prove that we do indeed believe in the Lord Jesus. John Murray, the test of a person's Christianity is what happens in the storm when the house is being battered by winds of affliction. Think of Daniel. Daniel showed his faith in the Lord in the episode of the lion's den, did he not? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they showed their faith in the Lord in the episode of the fiery furnace. Stephen showed his faith in the Lord in his difficult time before the Sanhedrin and at his being stoned to death. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith. Trials clearly test our faith. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. This is how C.S. Lewis uh, uh, puts what we have been saying here. C.S. Lewis once referred to uh, our times of suffering as blockades on the road to hell. Meaning, sufferings can show us that we really don't believe in the Lord Jesus. So that we will turn to him in saving faith and not go to hell. Blockades on the road to hell. Why am I experiencing this? The Israelites in Psalm 44 why are we being defeated? Why are we being ashamed? Could very well be for them to examine where they are in their relationship with the Lord God. B, dark providences are to expose our sins for greater depths of repentance. You know, when we set off on the Christian life, we do not know that much about our true selves. We do not know that much about the corruption and the deceitfulness of the heart. Dark providences quickly will show us our hearts and help us to see where we really are in our living the Christian life for God. They will make us think less of ourselves and more of the Lord Jesus. They will bring to us new depths of humility and repentance in our lives. John Newton, the author of the hymn Amazing Grace, at one time also penned these words. I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace, might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. Twas he who taught me thus to pray and he I trust has answered prayer. But it has been in such a way as almost drove me to despair. I hoped that in some favored hour at once he'd answer my request and by his love's constraining power subdue my sins and give me rest, instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Dark providences expose our sins, our hearts for greater humility and for greater repentance. C, dark providences are for the purpose of building character. Quote, whatever else we may have, if we do not have character, we have nothing. It is character that determines destiny. The only failure that matters in the end is the failure to build character. And in ordinary life, character is formed by overcoming difficulties. Romans 5, starting at the end of verse 2. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces patient endurance, patient endurance, character. Some of us might be uh, thinking, well, God, can't you build character without dark providences? Can't you build character in my life without difficulties and sufferings? God has not chosen to do so. God, in his wisdom and in his love, has not chosen to do so. And so when we read about the people of character in the Bible, we see God using suffering to build their character. Think with me of Joseph of the Old Testament. Think with me of Moses and David. God used suffering to build their characters. Jeremiah. Daniel. Job. Ruth. God used suffering to build their characters. Mary of the New Testament. Peter. Paul. God used suffering to build their characters. God knows what he's doing. God is wise. He is absolutely on in what he does. And God uses dark providences, brings dark providences to try our faith, to expose our sins, and to build character for his glory. But we can go on. Frowning providences also bring us to know God better. Our friend Jack Kinnear has been going through a time of uh, fighting cancer, and at our last presbytery meeting, he preached, and one of the things he said is, he's been asked, have you learned anything new about God because of your cancer? And he went on to say, up here, I really haven't, but as far as my life goes, I absolutely have. I have come to know God in a greater personal way because of my cancer. You know, the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter three, verse 10 wrote, I want to know Christ. Well, the Lord Jesus brought Paul to know him better and better. And when you look at the life of Paul, you notice that Paul had his times, many times, of suffering. One more illustration. Job, he certainly suffered, did he not? At the end of his sufferings, he gets a revelation of God. And this is what he writes, again, at the end of his sufferings, through this revelation or about this revelation of God. Chapter 42, verses 5 and 6, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you, and I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Martin Luther has said that affliction is the Christian's theologian. Now remember, theology is the study of God. A theologian is one who teaches us about God. And What does Martin Luther say? Affliction is the Christian's theologian. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow And ne'er a word said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. Last, E in our outline. Frowning providences lead us to make God our all and to prepare us for glory. Lead us to make God our everything and prepare us for heaven. John Murray, sufferings drive us to God. We set out in service thinking God needs us. We soon find out that we need him. And then he quotes Thomas Watson. When God lays men on their backs, then they look up to heaven. If we experienced nothing but a life of comfort and ease, there would be little desire for God and the glory to come. Dark providences lead us to make God our all and prepare us for our home, which is heaven. Warren Wearsby speaks of a friend who found herself in a sea of troubles. And he said, attempting to encourage her one day, I I said to her, I I want you to know we are praying for you. And she replied to me, I I appreciate that. Uh, What are you praying God to do? Warren Wiersbe said he found himself struggling for an answer. He didn't expect that type of an answer. And he said, I found myself struggling, but I I, I, I did mention some things. And she said, thank you, but please pray for one more request. Pray that I won't waste all this suffering. That hits me right between the eyes because... It has been my habit through the years that when I have experienced suffering that I go to God and I say, take it away, take it away, what? take it away, take it away now, I, you know, just get rid of it, get rid of it. Instead of saying, oh God, this is part of your providence and uh, I pray that this will not be wasted as far as my life goes and as far as your honor goes. One one final point uh, this morning in our message, and and that is uh, two truths uh, that uh, I think we can say our Heavenly Father gives us uh, for our encouragement in dark providences, two truths. Here's the first, A, there is always a purpose of love behind dark providences always a purpose of love. Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Romans 8, 28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. John 1, 16, From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. One of the most difficult things to do when things are really difficult is to feel that God is present and that he still loves us. Those are two of the hardest things for us to embrace. God is still with me. He has not lost control. In fact, his love is present. But we are not called to feel. We are called to believe. And so if we find ourselves not not feeling these truths, again, uh, we're not called to feel. We're, We're called to believe. Charles Spurgeon has said, when we cannot trace God's hand, we can trust God's heart. William Cooper, judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind the frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. And then the other truth that God would have us take with us is this. In dark providences, there is much that remains a mystery and for which there is no immediate answer for us. Much that remains a mystery and for which there is no immediate answer for us. Listen, Job had no idea that he was the focus of a battle between God and Satan in his sufferings. No idea. It was 22 years after Joseph was thrown into the pit and sold by his brothers that he went on to discover the reason why. Thomas Boston confesses that he was not able to understand the purpose behind his sea of troubles in Scotland. What's going on in California right now? The fires, the mudslides, the death, we we don't know. In dark providences, there is much that remains a mystery and for which there is no immediate answer. However, not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly, shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. I believe I first heard that from Corey Ten Boom. And she, uh, she, she held up uh, a, a framed uh, uh, needle point or whatever, but she held up the back of it first and you just saw all these uh, threads you know, coming out and they didn't make sense. And she said, you know, when we look at our lives, this is, uh, this is what sometimes uh, we, we think we see, just these, these, uh, these threads coming out, dark threads, bright threads and so forth. And then she turned it around and she showed this absolutely gorgeous picture that uh, the person who was putting this all together had made and that's what our god is doing with us often we do not understand but the day will come when we do understand and as we read about moses earlier we will fall before the lord and we will worship him A frowning providence, there are frowning providences. Please do not allow people to tell you that if you're a Christian, you will never have difficulty. And if you're having difficulty, it's because of some horrible rebellion on your part in reference to God. There are frowning providences for the believer, for every believer. But behind every frowning providence There is God's smiling face. Let's pray.